0: This is the First Gym Pilot Podcast, episode 15, starts now.
1: Okay, three, five,
0: What's going on, aviators? My name is Abraham, and I am your host, Today's episode we have Captain Rotimi all the way from Nigeria. It was so great having him on, on the podcast and talking about his aviation journey. In this episode we talk about what it's like to train down in South Africa. We also talk about how being passionate in aviation can take you long ways. With that, we talk about the quality of life that he has at his airline. And aviators, I just want to say thank you so much for 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's so great to see how many people I'm inspiring out there and the People that are following my journey. And also, I just want to say thank you so much for everyone who listens to the podcast. It's been going through the roof, reaching tremendously people all over the world. I just want to say thank you so much. We'll continue to push this podcast to be the number one aviation worldwide podcast. Also, I just dropped some really comfortable first generation hoodies. Check them out on my Instagram page at firstgenpilot. That's one pilot. I really can't get over how comfortable they are. You must grab yourself one and thank you so much for everybody that bought it already and you can definitely back me up how comfortable they are i haven't been able to take it off if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to leave a review on the podcast and follow it on any of the platforms that you're listening to this podcast on and viewers, feel free to reach out to me if there's someone out there that inspires you and you want to hear their story on the podcast just feel free to email me or send me a dm on Instagram. Without further ado, here's Captain Rotimi.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Captain Rotimi Adelier. I am an A350 captain for Ethiopian Airlines. I'd say I've been flying for about, call it about 14 years, 15 years now from my very first flight. So yeah, about 15 years. So yeah, flying is a great thing. And I'm very happy to be here to inspire a few, of course.
0: Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I really appreciate you being here today. Pleasure is mine, always. All right. So the first question I'd like to ask everybody is, um, how
2: did you get into aviation? How did I get into aviation? Okay, well, um, it's a long story. So let me, I mean, try to keep it simple. Uh, First and foremost, um, I'm the last son of an airline pilot. My dad used to be a captain as well. Okay. Um, He used to fly for Nigeria Airways in Bellevue uh, back in the day. So, yeah, I was just born into, you know, the flying family and things like that. Uh, But to be honest, I never wanted to be a pilot when I was young. It wasn't something that I naturally, you know, grew up wanting to be a pilot, you know, to be. I mean, actually, I actually wanted to be a doctor, which is quite funny. Uh, But later uh, I realized that medicine was definitely not for me. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nah, it wasn't for me. I, I didn't like, you know, to see people sick or see blood or things like that. It wasn't my thing, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so it was more like, I just thought about what, what could I possibly do that was more national to me? If you know what I mean? Yep. And at that time, when I looked at my life and I looked back and I said, okay, you know what? I think the one thing that I love doing is practical stuff. I was like a daredevil, I like driving like really early. And I noticed that, you know, back in the day, we lived not too far from the airport. So when aircrafts take off and, and they fly over the house, you know, just by hearing the sound of the engine, I could tell what plane that was, if you know what I mean. And this was not me being passionate about aviation. This was just natural me you know out here i'm like man that's a back 111 i run outside and i check i'm like yes i'm right you know <laughs> yeah and then i hear another one it's a 727 i run i check i'm like yeah so you know i started to think back and i was like wait a minute maybe maybe i maybe this flying thing should actually be for me if you know what i mean so right and then i remember i i, I took a book at my dad's library uh, i remember the name of the book was a pilot's guide to an airline career Okay. and that was that was the first book that I I would say I ever read on my own merit. And I don't know why I read it, but, you know, all my peers in school, they, you know, they always called me a future pilot and things like that. Yes. So, yeah, eventually, um, yeah, that's how I got into flying. And I decided I spoke with my dad and, you know, he was, he was happy that I wanted to be a pilot. And, yeah, that's how I went into flying. And I went to flying school and things, you know the story continues, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely man, it looks like you kinda didn't want anything to do with it, but then kind of found your way back into it. And then um so when was that first flight you took um and you kinda thought this is really for you?
2: Okay. Um my first flight, I'd say wasn't like my first flight in flying school or because that's that's Yep, like, just like that's actually just like in general. Okay. Uh, in general, I mean, I I flew as a kid. That that never really you know stuck anything. I, it didn't strike me as anything I really wanted to do. I wasn't super impressed, you know, because my dad was a pilot, so I I wasn't impressed by that. But then I, I'd say the one that struck me most was um, my very flight first flight school experience. Um, when I had an instructor, we went out to the general flying area, and wow. It wasn't like i thought it would be to be honest (laughs) you know (laughs) you know my first flight you know casted a doubt in my heart like oh my god is this really what i want to do because it wasn't comfortable it was a very bumpy day it was very uncomfortable luckily i wasn't like air sick i wasn't trying to throw up or anything but the feeling wasn't great and luckily the instructor was very nice you know he said to me i can like push the aircraft a little bit more i can like go steep turns and do things and try stuff I said, "Nah, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, don't do that. And he was like, all right, cool. And so we just did that, you know, came back. We landed and I was like, I had to like rethink. I'm like, oh my God. Imagine me telling dad, like, I don't know if this is for me, you know? But yeah, that was just the first experience. My very first flight experience as a student pilot, that really wasn't the best. But the second one, man, that was where everything changed. Like I completely fell in love with it and yeah, the the rest is history. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. The second time is the charm. (laughs) Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then, so like, where did you do your training and, um, and how does one go by do flight training, uh, the country that you're from?
2: All right. So, um, I'm from, I'm Nigerian. Um, I grew up in Nigeria most of the time. Um, I did my flight, uh, flight school training at, uh, a school called 43 year school, Port Alfred in South Africa, which is Southern Africa. It's in between um, East London in the East and uh, Port Elizabeth on the West. So it's just in between those two cities in South Africa on the southern part of South Africa, way way east of Cape Town, so like and kind of west of Durban, you know. But yeah, so it's by the coast. It's a coastal city and it's a beautiful place. it's one. I think it's probably one of the best schools in South Africa. It's called Forty Three Air School. Um, my dad was the one that said, "I want you to go to that school" because, you know, he knew about the school and things like that. So yeah, that was where um, I did my flight school training. But I mean, going about getting into flying in Nigeria, I think, I mean, it's it's the basic steps that every pilot needs. You know, first and foremost, I think the most important thing is you need to be healthy. You know, before because yes. a lot of people, you know, they, they want to go into flying, they want to be a pilot, but they have no idea that the backstory to being a pilot is there's a very strong, you know, healthy, you know, uh, story behind it. Like you have to make sure you're not like your eyes are good, you know, you pass your class one medical, depending on what type of flying you're trying to do. So, you know, that's the first thing I would advise, you know, anybody who's trying to go into flying to do, you have to get your medical straight. Make sure you're fit to fly, you have everything good to go. That's the first thing. Then the second thing is funding, obviously. Yep. I mean mm-hmm. funding funding is very important. If you don't have the money, it's very difficult. Except of course yeah. there's uh, some form of um, you know uh scholarship, you know, going mm-hmm. on or a cadet, cadet program going on in an in an airline, you need to, you know, figure out how you get your funds. Um so yeah, if you get that then it's pretty straightforward, man. If you gone through high school and you're fit, you know, then I'm sure you can apply to most fly schools and they'll tell you their requirements because they vary in different countries and different schools. But I don't think it's anything that is so hard, you understand? It's something you don't need to, like, worry about. It's not, like, the requirements are not so great that anybody who wants to be a pilot cannot achieve. Yeah.
0: Okay, right, so you would say, like, if you really want to do it, just do your research and just go after it
2: and it's very doable definitely definitely like i mean it's it's pretty much easy information out there if you want to be a pilot you've gone through high school uh you don't even have to go to college to be a pilot you know but of course it's advisable to. but um if you if you've passed through high school and you're of age you can and you're good in your normal sciences and whatever you know, and you be the requirements of the specific school. The school will tell you what they require. You know, what you require, your scores, your grade. And once you meet that, then you're good to go. You're good to go because everything you need to learn in flying school is new. You know, you're yeah. gonna be learning topics, principles of flight, AT and G, meteorology, human factors, all those things. Like flight planning is gonna be, it's it's new. Like so, everything's new. most exactly. You even learn like freaking air law. It's like you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a freaking <laughs> meteorologist, you know, so yeah. So yeah. you're gonna learn everything at first. It's it's your background knowledge is good from coming from, you know, high school, but otherwise yeah. you're good to go. It's not it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah. So like how do you go by it? So like um I know here we do private and then you do your instrument and uh, or commercial. Um so like how is the training over there? Like, is that the steps that people usually take and then they fly to start? Yes.
2: So, yeah, I train in South Africa, and I believe uh, even in the flying schools here in Nigeria as well, I believe uh, it's it's the same. So I went through, I, first of all, you know, when you go through, there's obviously there's a syllabus that you have to go through, but the whole process after you do your first few hours of flying, you go solo, and then you do so many different uh, manoeuvres and training, and then you get your private pilot license, that's the first one, okay. you know, your PPL, which is PPL, single engine, I. Like, uh, aircraft I got that yep and then from that you get other type of ratings like your nitrate and then you start your multi-engine cpl as well instrument rating so you get your at the end of the day once you're done you already have so i had my my private pilot license my nitrate my instrument rating my multi-engine my cpl so yeah all that was what you needed to you need to go through, you know? So yeah, PPL first and then CPL later. So depending, some people do CPL single engine, but you know, multi-engine instrument rating, nitrating, instrument rating and, um, CPL. Yeah. That was what. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then, um, let's see. So fly, like, um, funding your training, did you do cadet, uh, training or were you kind of paying out of pocket as you went? Oh
2: yeah. I uh, know I didn't. Um, uh, my dad paid for my training. uh, luckily. So okay. all my uh, entire training was just covered by my dad. So I didn't have to go through the cadet program or like a scholarship from an airline. So,
0: yeah. Okay. And then, um, so required hours. Um, so I know you said every airline has a different required time. So is there like a set time where everybody kind of looks up to, so like over here in the U.S., I know it's like that thousand hours if you go to university or a thousand five hundred hours, if you train uh, at a regular school. So what is it like down there?
2: Well, I think it all depends on how desperate the airline is. Okay. So that requirement changes in this part of the world, um, and in actually in most parts of the world, mm-hmm. you know, there are airline programs. There's even uh, the um, what do they call it these days? Um, I, I forgot. But anyways, in my case, the CPL. Um, the airlines sometimes, you know, they. Take ab initios, like straight from flying school, they take you, they train you, they mm-hmm. type rate you, then you go through the, the airline program. Okay, you know that's like best best case scenario. Yeah. Um. If an if an airline is like super desperate, they need pilots, then you might be lucky. Like that's that's what happened to me. Um, once I finished flying school, I, I applied to a few airlines and I was very fortunate. At that time, the airline was growing. They needed like at the initials, like straight from flying school. So they took me, they type rated me, sent me for training in the UK at Oxford Aviation, where I did my 737 type rating. So I went through that whole process, learning the airline policy, SOP, all that. Yep. And then come back uh, to the, you know, to base, learn the whole training process again, then start line training start line training again that's another training process and then after line training then you check out and you know after checking out then you're a line pilot but then you're still a very brand new first or second officer depending on you know the airline second officer or first officer Mm -hmm. and then you start till you reach certain you know milestones could be a thousand five hundred hours two thousand hours and then you become a senior first officer you know or first officer if you were a second officer you know first officer and then senior first officer and then after a while when you have your atp you know, it was, you needed to be above 23 years old and 1,500 hours or something like that. Back when I did my, so yeah, even when I had, I already had more than 3000 hours, but I wasn't 23. Okay. I was still, you know, <laughs> I was still less than 23 years old, but I, I had the hour requirement, but I didn't have, you know, I couldn't get my ATP cause I was less than 23. So I waited until I was 23 and then I went for my ATP in the US as well. So anyways, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I I think it's all dependent on the airline Mm -hmm. and the need, you know, if they don't need pilots, they might like increase the experience and say, oh no, you need uh, a instructor experience. You need uh, 1,500 hours of, you know, flying. Yeah, but yeah, it all depends on the airline. So I don't think it's peculiar to any particular uh, city. Like, you know, it's all different in different places.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And then, um, so like you've been flying for quite some time right now. And then, um, so have you had any scary experiences throughout your flight training or you as an airline pilot right now?
2: Well, um, (laughs) let's think about that carefully. Um, To be honest, in flying school, I I, I I can't recall any time that I would say I had like a scary experience. In fact, I think the scary maneuvers, um, that we had back then you know we have we had to go do the incipient spins solo Okay. So I mean, I used to hear a lot of guys would go and they wouldn't really do it and they'll come back and say they did it, you know. Yeah. Um, but but in my case, um, I, I, I was always looking forward to those opportunities. Like I, I go to the general fine area solo and I'm like flipping the aircraft, incipient spin, recover. And then, you know, there was a required amount of times you're supposed to do it solo for practice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did that and, and for me it wasn't scary, you know, I enjoyed it. It was like Daredevil, I love the Edge of the League, you know? So <laughs> In in flying school now, I I wouldn't think there was any scary moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the airlines, no, um, neither. Uh, I've had a few like um, normal checklist items, you know, that might panic a few, but luckily it was. I wasn't really shaken. Okay. Um, but but I mean, apart from like maybe passing close to like maybe normal severe turbulence, clear turbulence that could scare, you know people that don't fly often and even frequent flyers. I mean, I've, I'd like to say there was a time that I've, you know, when I was a co-pilot that, you know, the the weather around the sectors we were flying was so terrible. There was like a squall line literally covering like a vast, you know, area. Yeah. And so we just, we had to like maneuver around it and even just passing around it. Like it was so turbulent, but for me, I was I enjoyed the ride, to be honest, because I was like, oh wow, this is okay. Let's see what happens, you know. So, but I'm sure for the passengers, they were like, oh my god, what was happening? So yeah, I haven't really, I wouldn't say I have, you know, had any moment that really got me shaken, to be honest.
1: Okay, great, yeah, and
2: I, and I and I hope I don't have, I hope I don't have any. I'm not looking for it. I don't want anything to say because you know I love I love this job. So I'm not trying to like get into a moment where I'm like, oh my god. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah,
0: yeah. Nah. yeah. you always want to be safe, definitely. Yeah. All right. And then also, if you were to go back and
2: do your whole journey
1: again,
0: uh, are there things that you do the same and are there some things that you do differently?
2: Um. Well, to be honest, I was quite fortunate, you know, in my journey as a pilot. I had the best guidance of my father. You know, he, he was an airline pilot. So I kind of was prepared. So to be honest, no. Um, There's nothing that I think I would have done any differently, you know, um, except maybe have more fun you know in the process because i remember <laughs> i used to panic sometimes when i feel like oh my god this next stage a lot of people have failed oh my god i call my dad and i'm like oh this is happening you know my dad was the one that you know he always calmed me down he's like trust me man you can do it don't worry about others you know if others yeah couldn't make it i trust you so he he built my confidence a lot like he raised me up so many times and i was like wait a minute yeah, 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 yeah. And I like that. Yeah, it's true, you know, like so he, he really made me feel like I could do anything really. And that was very, very good. But secondly, uh, my, my my instructor as well. Yeah, I had this young instructor when I first started. I mean, he was like two, a year or two uh, older than me. And um, he was he was a great guy. You know, he, he made me enjoy the whole process of, of, of training at, at my early stage. And so, yeah, I think that was that plays a very good role, you know, when you have a good instructor, Mm -hmm. like the sky's the limit, you know. Uh, So shout out to Robin Gray, wherever you are. I appreciate (laughs) you. Yeah. He was the one who, like, you know, he made me feel like, nah, man, this is just like, come on, man. Enjoy this. It's fun. You know, so that was the mindset. And that's still the mindset I have today. You know, it's like, man, it's fun. Like, enjoy this. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. It always takes that one person to help you out. It can be your uh, for you. it was your dad and your flight instructor so it's like as a pilot you always need that support to get to where you want to be and having that confidence also comes from them just building you up getting you ready for that next thing yeah you can say that again <laughs> yeah all right and then um so so far with your flight uh throughout your uh pilot career have you had any failures and have those failures affected you getting a job um at an airline job or any other job that you've done
2: well to be honest <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I had more to say, but I wouldn't say I have had any of those failures, except if I try to think of something, I would say when I was looking for my first job, I had like quite a few options. So I remember when I went for my my, prefer, my preferred interview, the, the airline I wanted to work for, Um, I didn't hear back from them for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I went for another airlines interview. Uh, So I was with the second airline and they were literally just about to start an assessment. And they were like, okay, please guys, in a few minutes, your phones will be turned off. And once your phone is turned off, that's it. Like you have to start. And, you know, so this is your last minute for you to check your phones and things like that. All right. And so then, and then like five minutes later, We started it and just, or rather just at the moment we're about to start, Mm -hmm. my phone started to vibrate, like it started to ring. And I'm like, and when I looked at the phone, it was the other airline that I hadn't heard from. They were the ones calling. So at that point in time, I'm like, oh my God, like I need to answer this call because that's the one I want to go. I I really don't care about this one for now. So I I, I just excuse myself and I say, guys, sorry, I, I have to go. And they were like, yeah. You know, they were like, give me the look like, did Prina just tell you, like, you have to try? I said, I'm sorry. And I, I left and I picked the call. And when I picked the call, they literally told me that, hey, listen, you know, we've accepted you. We want you to, when are you going to start? And things like that. So literally, I already got the job. So I'm like, oh, wow. So I was already happy. So I really didn't care much about Yeah. The second airline, so I just went and I finished it, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't, like, I did it fast, you know, out of respect. I didn't I didn't even try to, like, do my best. I just went, I went through the whole process, and I finished, and I left, because I already had a job, so I don't know how that outcome would have turned out, but, yeah, I didn't, I, I don't think I put in my best, so, yeah, I just went and, and started somewhere else.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's always good to have, like, a bunch of options, you know, when it comes to picking a job, you know, and you always want to go, go with the yeah. best options that
2: you have, and, <laughs> For you, was that last minute exactly, and and the best and and you know the funny thing is the best option doesn't necessarily mean the highest pain, yeah. Because the one the one I chose actually paid less than the one that I was I just left, but I knew that the one I chose had better prospects. Okay, you know they had better. P- better planes, you know, it was more international airline, you know, so things like that. So that was that was what made me even I went against my dad because my dad was thinking um, it was best I started in a place where I could like my career to just like grow gradually. So it's not like I'm not overwhelmed with the whole pressure of an airline pilot. Yep. But hey, I, I pushed myself fast and I said, ah, nah, I want <laughs> I want the fast one. You know, the one that makes <laughs> me go straight into the tough Airline flying, and that's what I did, and I, I, I'm i appreciative of the opportunity to today.
0: Yeah, definitely, it was it was great. All right, and then um, so your end goal with flying, I know you're already at your dream job at an airline, and um, so where do you see yourself flying in the future?
2: Um, for me, um, flying, you know, like I said, it, it, it's it's a big passion of mine, you know, and to be very honest, I am where I want to be right now. Um, I mean, I'm a captain of an A350. Mm-hmm. I'm 33 years old, I've been flying the 350 yeah. for four, 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 plus, four plus years. So I've been a captain of 350 in my 20s, I was 29 when I started, you know what I mean? So like that is not something that is quite common, you know? So um, I've been quite, like I said, I've been quite fortunate in my career to get to where I am so fast, which is because I started flying early, mm-hmm. you know? and And so, I mean, currently, my 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 flying life is quite it's quite balanced if you know what i mean my routine at the moment you know is is mostly um um around i fly mostly europe um uh the far east asia north america south america africa the middle east so literally i cover the whole world yep at the moment mm-hmm. you know as an airline captain so to be honest, I I I want to keep doing this as long as I can because it's a passion. It's not uh, something that I'm doing to survive. It's more like this is my survival. Like yeah. I would do this for free if I could. Yeah, I'll do this for free. The only the only difference is, um, maybe with time I would I would want to have more control of my time, like my schedule. You know, like okay, like if I'm not like up for flying today i can be like ah, i'm not up for flying today i'll fly tomorrow things like that. if i have more control of my schedule then that's perfect yep so yeah i, I see myself um maybe gradually moving into that phase where i can have more control of my time mm-hmm. so uh, for flying otherwise the passion is still the same for me yeah
0: yeah definitely Flying is definitely one of those things where you're like if you can do it for free If if it's like, if there's anything out there that you can do for free, then it's, you'll never work a day in your life because you're just going to love every single day.
2: Correct. Yeah. Correct.
0: All right. And then, so, um, so you fly for uh, Ethiopian airlines, um, and then, um, so what are their type of, um, so like, do they require you to stay, um, over at their base or like, or do you commute to work? How does that work for you?
2: Okay. So, uh, there's two sets of pilots or I'll say con- contract okay. uh, with Ethiopian Airlines, and there's the uh, local contract, which is mostly the indigents, Ethiopians, the pilots from there. Uh, so they have the you know they're they're in their country, so uh, they have the normal schedule, like all month long. Maybe they have, maybe they work fifteen days in a month, or I don't know. But you know, it's spread out within the thirty day month um all year round and they have the normal you know vacation and things like that uh, but in my case
1: mm-hmm.
2: i'm in the expatriate contract which is like you know where foreigners that came from we have we came with our experiences to the airline so we have another contract uh which is uh, we work for 20 days within a 30-day period mm-hmm. and then we go to our homes wherever you come from for 10 consecutive days off so like at the moment Okay. At the moment, I'm I'm on my 10 consecutive day off. Uh, I'm within my 10 consecutive days off right now. So I'm not going to be flying for at least 10 days straight. And then once I'm done with this 10 days, okay. I fly back to Addis, which is base when I'm there. When I'm working, I fly out of Addis, which is the base, the capital of uh, Ethiopia. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when I'm working, I fly out of uh Ababa. within the twenty day period I might have schedules to, you know, Brazil to Canada, you know, wherever, you know. So within that twenty day period I have a few flights. And once the twenty day period is done, I fly home again wherever my home is, it could be in the US, could be in freaking anywhere. Um yeah. And then I, I go there and then after another ten days off, come back to work twenty days. So that's how it is for us. Yeah.
0: Okay, so like twenty day on and then ten days off? Correct. So like uh, so like ten, twenty days on. So does that usually does that get tiring sometimes? Because you can be so so many days away from home, and how does that f- look for you?
2: Um, well, for me, it's something I, I've been doing now at Ethiopian Airlines for seven and a half, almost eight years. Okay. So I, I joined when I was twenty six. Yeah. I was yeah. a captain on the seven three seven at that time, and. For me, it wasn't a big deal because I'm, I'm not married, I don't have kids. So, you know, it was easy. It was like, I had a holiday every month. Like I had 10 days off. I could fly to Portugal for a holiday. You know, I could fly to uh, China for a holiday every 10, like every month I had 10 days off to, to go wherever I wanted to go, just to relax and come back 20 days again. And before that, I was working at two previous airlines where I had a normal full-time contract of my schedule is spread within the whole month. Maybe I have two, three, four days consecutive off in a month and then I have a flight and then I have a day off, you know, so I didn't have as much time, mm-hmm. um, that I have, you know, that I have currently in Ethiopian. And another thing I was able to achieve was I was able to go get my master's like part-time, Okay. You know, while I was working. Yeah. So that was the advantage of that 10 days off. So I was able to go to the UK, commute and go for like actual classes and do exams and study, you know, defense, all that. I did it within my 10 days off in that period of time. You know, and that was something that I promised my dad that I would go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I know like as a pilot, I would advise anybody who is joining or starting to be, if I just like you're doing as well, mm-hmm. like it's very good to have your degree. Uh, and that's something that, you know, has been, you know, um, in my DNA, you know, my dad had made me know from the beginning, like you have to get your degree, you know what I mean? So Definitely. Uh, it was easier for me. It was easier for me to get my degree with the free time I have. Cause that 10 days of every month, I could just plan all my classes to fall within those 10 days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, the flight away to London, I do my classes, I do my coursework, submit my paper, all that, you know? So that's how I was able to like complete that. So yeah, that's why the Twenty ten works perfectly for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's great the way you put it right there. I feel like it's you definitely benefit from that.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: All right, and then um, so uh, flight training can be really tough. And then, um, so how did you stay motivated when you were doing your flight training? And are there some things that you did to help you out?
2: Yes. Um, I think the most important thing is passion. You know, um, a lot of people want to be pilots because of the glamour that is perceived to come with the job oh he's a pilot look at him like he's walking with the pretty girls the crew members or all these people they travel around the world (laughs) they're just chilling what are they doing it's just the autopilot flying and all that you know but they don't know that behind the scenes it's a lot of work a lot more work Mm -hmm. than you can imagine you know what i mean they don't know that every six months you justify your role as a pilot so every six months you are this close to losing your job pretty much like for the rest of your life as a pilot in commercial aviation Mm -hmm. you have to go for simulator like you go for sim you have to pass your sim you know every six months i mean how many other professions in this world do you think have that type of requirement whereby you have to justify your role as a captain i have to justify that role every six months and that's not all don't forget you still have to pass your medicals you're getting older mm-hmm. you know you don't know what happens some people you know they have a heart problem and you know you never know they can't fly again it might be an eye problem some people might you know you never know you might just lose your medical yep and that happens if you're above 40 every six months you do a medical if you're below 40 every year mm-hmm. so you have to pass your class one medical and that's outside of the other trainings that you have to keep doing, you know, your dangerous group training, you know, not Atlantic training, your freaking CRM training, SMS training, all these trainings, you know, that you have to continue doing and renewing every single time. Uh And then that's, you have to be proficient. You have to be the technical part of flying. You have to know your everything. Like it's not as rosy as a lot of people think not to talk about the actual flying when you're in the air, You're a manager of CRM, you know, you're managing the entire flight as a captain or first officer. You guys are a team with your cabin crew. You're managing the passengers. There's so many threats, security threats. Um, There's weather threat. There's a lot of things that people don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, that you have to put into consideration. You know, every single flight, you know, there's weather problems like low visibility procedures, all these things. You know, so it's it's not as rosy as a lot of people think, but if it's something that you're passionate about, then you're going to enjoy it. But if you went in just for the glamour and you don't know the behind the scenes like I'm, I'm speaking to you about, mm-hmm. it's going to be overwhelming. It will be overwhelming. And that's why a lot of people uh, that don't know about this and they start, it becomes completely overwhelming for them and they cannot cope. Because it's almost like really you have to do this again. It's almost like before you recover, another simulator is due. Yeah. You have another maneuver training is due. And then we're in the age of um um flight data recorded and and sorry, um well, flight data monitoring, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So even what you're doing is being monitored, yeah. you know what I mean? So you have the pressure of keeping up to a certain standard. You know, you want to land in the touchdown zone. You want to make sure you have a stable approach at all times, regardless, and you're still dealing with ATC as well, which might give you like, make it very tight to meet stable approach criteria. You know, they might tell you like maintain speed onto three miles, onto four miles. And you're like white body. You need to slow, you know, there's so many things that can make you like get called to the office for tea and biscuit. Yeah. You don't want to have that, <laughs> that call. You know what I mean? No. So, but, But I'll say to stay motivated, you have to have passion for it, man. You have to have passion for it. If you have passion for it, I think the rest will just, it's just easy, man. You get used to it and you know, (laughs) you know, if you don't do what you have to do, you're going to lose your job. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose your job. And that's, that's the easy way out. You know, the hard way is like, you're not competent, you're not proficient. You know, you have, you have people's lives at stake here so you have to know what you're doing you know it's 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 not a joke yep you know if you're carrying people you know so you have to enjoy what you're doing because if you don't enjoy what you're doing like you don't need to be there it's not for you
0: yeah de- it's not for definitely you. it's a it's like a profession that you gotta succeed in and if you don't have the passion for it it can be very hard to keep up with everything else like you mentioned like the training the six months that you're gonna have to keep doing over and over get proficient in it at everything and and like you mentioned, um, with medical, like anything can go wrong too as well. Like you don't exactly you're gonna be growing older, something can happen in your life and like you have your masters now, you can fall back on that. Like not having just flying as yep. well, you know, having something else with it. Exactly. It's definitely gonna be
2: helping yep. you out. Yeah, and of course I also forgot to mention Of course, you have to be focused, you have to be determined, you have to be confident in your work, you have to know that I can do this, you know, it's very important, because sometimes some people will tell you you're not good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be able to improve yourself as well. You know, like there's some people that are the natural you know, the the eye, hand, feet coordination is very good. You yep. know, they're good at things like this. So when they get in the cockpit, they're practically flying. They're very good pilots. But there are some people who don't have that natural ability, but they're passionate about it. So what what do they do? They improve themselves. Yep. You know what I mean? They go, they they fly you know, they have the flight simulator, they practice and you know, and there's some guys that don't need the flight simulator to practice. They just go in, boom, boom, yeah. boom. And they're, you know, they're doing it well. So so there's no excuse right if you're not one of those that has the natural you know coordination you're not one of those naturally talented guys when it comes to things like that then you can improve you can definitely improve, man you know there you know there are tools out there that you can use to practice you can just yeah so it, it is possible so you as long as you have the passion you're determined you're focused and you're confident and you don't let anything push you down you know you you, you the will to learn you're open to learning new things then i think you know the sky's the limit for sure.
0: Yeah, man, I agree with you 100% there. Yep. All right. And then, um, so, so, like, last question here I have is tips you have for someone who's getting into this aviation right now or already pursuing their dreams. What type of tips do you have for them?
2: Well, I mean, I think the last uh, point I just made is pretty much what I'll say again, you know. Um, okay. Just make sure you know what you're going into. Definitely. You know, don't think about just the rosy side of things because yes, you will travel around the world. You will meet people that you maybe will not have met before. Um and yeah, you'll probably be looked at and respected globally when people say, Oh, you're a pilot. Oh, nice. You know, you know, everybody you get a lot of attention sometimes. Um, but then you have to remember that behind the scenes. There's a lot of studying involved, Yeah, you know, it's not one of those, there's no graduation. There's no graduation from from this, no. you know, it's, it's a continuous learning curve, you know, there's no graduation from this, you know, and that's very difficult mm-hmm. if you think about it, like your entire career, you never graduate, you know, you always have just six months and then you're back in the same. Some people call it a torture chamber, <laughs> you know. You know, so you're back in the sim, and you're there just doing emergency drills and things like that. And you have to show that you're proficient and you're competent. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that is why aviation is very safe. The training is rigorous. We have, you know, CRM checklist. There's so many, you know, um, determining factors. You know what I mean? Yeah. That helps you qualify, you know, t- to always pass your simulator check. And a lot of pilots go through... Uh, very scary moments even they get uh a little bit terrified when it gets closer to me later then they're like a little bit scared like oh my god this is you know another six months it's time for sim oh my god i can't mess this up you know and then that raises their blood pressure a little bit they're a little bit panicky and you know a lot of things happen like i've heard so many stories man i've heard so many stories so yeah, so yeah but i mean yeah tips just be passionate if you're passionate Every other thing will fall in place, and you have to be disciplined as well, man. Mm-hmm. You're a pilot; you need to know that you don't do things that non-pilots do. You know, you have young friends who just want to go to the club and do drink some things, put some things in your system. Like, nah, you can't do that. No, you just can't do that. You don't even want that to be part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to keep a, a level of, you know, uh, health, and uh, you have clean slate. You could have random drug tests, random alcohol tests, like why the hell would you even put yourself in a place that would just throw away everything you know that you've yeah. worked for you've paid thousands and thousands of dollars in a very short period of time mm-hmm. for your training and you, you, you why would you throw it away so if you're that person that you know you just about that life you know want to be out there you know it might not be might not be for you might not no. be for you yeah definitely yeah. not yeah so yeah, that's my tip, man. You just have to stay focused, uh stay passionate. And if you're not passionate, you don't have to force yourself. There are other things you can do, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so that's 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 my that's my take on on how, you know, to make it in in the industry. You have to be determined, you have to know what you're going for, you have to be confident. So yeah, that's what's up.
0: Definitely, man. Those are great tips that you have there. And then um we'll talk a little bit about your Instagram you have a large following and what was like the scenes behind that like how did you get started uh, start filming yourself and how did you go by that
2: whoa that's quite a good question um you know it's so funny because I'm actually a very private guy (laughs) I mean I am actually a very private guy even before I I mean I joined Instagram in 2016 and to a lot of people like a lot of my peers that was quite late I don't know when Instagram started but I wasn't into it i'm like ah nah i'm not trying to be there you know anyways eventually (laughs) finally somebody got me to to open an instagram account and of course when i opened my account it was private Mm -hmm. my instagram was private until about i'll say seven months ago that's when i opened my instagram account now for seven months um before the last seven months is when my Instagram just went crazy okay. because before that, I think I opened it in December, 2022. Yeah. December, 2022 was when I opened it to the public because what happened was those who I had maybe like 3,500 followers or thereabout. you know, those people who knew me requested to follow me. Yep. And there were lots of people who had requested that I actually denied because I didn't really know them. And I just wanted to keep my life private, so I had like sometimes my stories on on in the cockpit with my crew and things like that. And I noticed that there was a lot of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. you know, even with three thousand five hundred followers. If I post a story, I had like a lot of people like sending me DMs like, "Oh, well, what happened here?" And so e- eventually, um, I made a reel mm-hmm. on 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 my page, and I said to myself, I said, uh, this is quite a nice reel. Let me just open my page so that." let's see what happens you know yeah and i opened my page and i think within two days it had like eleven thousand views or something like that so anyways I, I i locked my page again but when i locked my page there was quite a few people there's like some pages like quite some known pages on instagram that they were quite active you know uh in communication with myself. Uh, So sometimes when they see I post, they ask, can I please share the post with them? Can they reshare it on their page? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, like definitely go ahead. So I noticed that I also started getting some followers coming from some of these pages, you know, that were reposting my stories. And I had, sometimes I see like, Lots of follow requests, and so one day, um, after like family friends have been telling me like, me, what are you doing? Just open your page, man. What are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I just, I just want that privacy." Like, and then I remember, I mean, there's this, there's another captain um, um, that I flew with, and he, he said to me, "He's like, look, he's like, I don't see why your page is on private. Like, you shouldn't even be on social media if your page is on private." <laughs> and I'm like, "Ah, nah, man. I want to have a anyway."s long story short. Uh, December I think I opened my page And that was It was just went like, crazy Yeah Like It went crazy I It didn't look real to me Like I posted a video It had like 5 million views I was like How? <laughs> I didn't do anything special Yeah I didn't do anything special I just posted One video And I think at the moment It's about 5 million views Then I posted another one That has like You know 300,000 500,000 700,000 2 million views I'm like what did I do, you know? <laughs> and 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 then that came that came with quite you know a lot of followers, you know. And I didn't know what to do with all these followers because I was not looking for this this amount of followers. You know? Yeah, uh, it just started growing. In fact, people were monitoring my page even more than I was. You know, I was getting people messaging me, "Congratulations, ten thousand followers!" I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Are you monitoring my page? And you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's not. Um, it's not something that you can plan. It's just organic. It's an organic growth. Mm -hmm. And when this happens, you know, what can you do? You just try to be. And that's when I realized that I think that the role I can play to inspire a few, like I'm, I'm a black guy. I'm a black man. There are not lots of black people like you're, you're myself out there in the aviation space. And as much as I would like to help motivate and inspire people, um sometimes there's sacrifices we have to make Mm -hmm. you know and uh for me my privacy to some extent is a sacrifice that I have to make because to be honest I want to be that guy that can walk anywhere without anybody knowing who I am yep you know but how can I achieve that if you're famous on social media somewhat famous yeah I don't consider myself famous but I mean I've been to a few countries whereby somebody randomly said, are you Captain Rotimi or 49 man on Instagram? I'm like shocked, <laughs> I'm like, I mean I'm, I'm in shorts and a and singlet I'm like, oh my god, look at me in shorts <laughs> guy's, man, he
1: recognizes me
2: so yeah, that's when I realized, okay um, yeah, but, so yeah, that was how it, it blew up, you know, um, at the time Yeah, it's definitely great,
0: man, like you're very inspiring like me, just me watching you man, it's like, I want to end up somewhat like you in the end, you know find a Airbus or Boeing in the end, being an airline pilot. And just watching you definitely inspires me, gets me to like, okay, now let me start doing, let me go study, you know, <laughs> get on my game, get get after it, you know, and I'm, I feel like it's very inspiring what you're doing. It's really great.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But I'm very confident just, just by what you're doing, this podcast, uh, which uh, gives a lot of education to people out there. Uh, you're doing a great job. I-, I can tell that you're going to be one of those very solid guys in the industry. Like, I'm super proud of you, and, and keep keep it up, man. Keep up what you're doing, and, and you'll be fine. I- I- I'm sure about that. You'll definitely be fine.
0: All right. Th- thanks so much, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Then. And we're going to end this with a Would You Rather game. So I'll give you a couple options, and you pick one from that.
2: Okay. Uh, would You Rather game. Okay. Let's see. Right. Nothing, too, nothing too hard, huh? Eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> nothing crazy, nothing crazy. All right, cool. All right, uh, so the first one is, uh, would you rather fly general aviation or commercial?
2: Um, commercial for now, commercial. For okay,
0: nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, and would you rather fly over beaches or mountains?
2: Beaches all day. I'm a coast boy, man. Coast boy, <laughs> By the beach all day, you know? Back in the day, back in the day in flying school, I remember... Yeah. Uh, We used to fly from let's say East London to Port Alfred by the coast. We just follow the coast and we see whales, we see sharks, no not sharks, we see dolphins and whales as as we're flying on the coast. We can just literally see them. It's like, that was so beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, nothing beats (laughs) that like i still remember my instructors fly with me like ross king if you see this i remember ross king you know and and robin (laughs) gray we we used to do this together so yeah that was cool that's so cool man nothing yeah i I see like massive whales man massive you could just see them like literally from from the sky flying over the coast you could see them in south africa it was was beautiful it was beautiful
0: man that must have been a quite the experience there
2: (laughs) yeah it was it was it was (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah all right and then out. Uh, so would you rather fly high wing or low wing
2: low wing all day man okay. i mean low wing i'm not a cessna guy i never flew the cessna uh <laughs> i flew the piper Cherokee, the 140 the 180 the arrow the seneca you know okay. so yeah definitely low wing all day you know less drag more speed <laughs> let's yep. go <gold>. no time <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the way to do it man
0: <laughs> yep yep all right, so would you rather fly Airbus or Boeing?
2: Now that's 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 a tough one. I flew both. You know, um, I did yeah. almost ten. I did almost ten years on the Boeing, ten years on the Boeing on the seven three seven NG Classic Max. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I loved that plane. That was my first love, seven three seven NG Classic and Max. I was also a training captain. On the seven three seven as well, I I did a lot of training, train new captains, new first officers on that plane. So, I mean, like I cannot I cannot throw away those experiences for anything. But then again, mm-hmm. and then I started flying the Airbus, and I didn't start on any Airbus, but I started on the best yeah. of the Airbuses, which is the three fifty, which is arguably yeah. the best plane in the world right now, arguably the best plane in the world right now. Um, I love the plane. It's it's an amazing mission. So, you know, I, I have preferences that I prefer of Boeing, and I have preferences that I prefer of Airbus. I mean, I can specify if you want me to, but I don't want to go into that. So the truth is I cannot pick for now. Like, I'll say both. I love both.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're both great aircrafts,
2: man. Yeah, they are. They are.
0: All right, so last one is would you rather fly IFR or VFR?
2: VFR, man. VFR all day. All right. uh, VFR, you know, you could literally say, you know what, I have field inside. You could have fun with the plane, you know, disconnect everything, you know, just go yeah. manual, all manual. And then, you know, that's the fun about flying. You know, if you're fortunate to work in an airline that allows you to actually improve your flying skills regularly, like you can disconnect everything, autopilot, thrust, fly director, and go visual, It's something that I encourage. Of course, you don't do that if you cannot, if you're not, you should be able to do that because you're paid to do that. You're you're a competent pilot. So, you know, I'm not a a fan. Honestly, I know there's good reasons why airlines try to restrict or limit the amount of uh, manual flying. They want automation to be used as much as possible. That is great. There's a massive advantage of automation, you know easing of workload and other things, you know what I mean? Um but in the VFR situation, I'd love to be able to like fly all manual. And so yeah, VFR all day. I, I like <laughs> Definitely, VFR. man. You know, IFR IFR when you're flying low visibility, I mean I mean you have to know exactly. what you're doing. Let's just yep. put it that way. You know, you have to know what you're doing because you're doing a lot of monitoring, a lot of monitoring that it's not it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke. You know, especially when you're flying in like a bad weather situation, low visibility, let's say a little bit of contamination, a little bit of contamination on the surface. You know, you have to know what you're doing. It's not it's not. Jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, definitely.
2: All right. man. Thank you so much
0: for coming on the podcast. And I really appreciate you doing this with me. It was great having you on.
2: Pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. I appreciate uh, the shout out. And um, I hope you your podcast does. So amazing, and I am inspired by you. And the sky's the limit. And yeah, I'd like to get to know more about you and your journey as well. So maybe, maybe when I start my podcast, I'll have you come on on my show. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to, man. Yeah, definitely, I'll come
0: on and talk about my story too. Definitely. Thank you so much, bro. All right. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really hope you enjoyed this and found this beneficial. Make sure you check out Captain Rotimi's Instagram and give him a follow. Also, make sure you leave a review and follow the podcast on whatever you listen is on. Anyways, aviators, until next time, keep the blue side up. We'll see you.